The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Burke's Best Bets, VEASAN Sports Network with Danny Burke. Of course, Danny will be covering the weekends with VEASAN. Find him on Twitter at DannyBurke5. And uh, as always, the Danny Burke Podcast. Pride of Chicago, are you hard at work finding those perfect uh, in-game options? And uh, obviously covering all the analysis of the prop bets because there's, oh man, there's some winners. You've got them uh, circled, don't you? <laughs> we're we're trying to get there early on. There's still uh, mountains to get through, and luckily we have two weeks to kind of decipher all of them. So I've I've only really gone through a handful of them up to this point, or just focusing in on the actual game itself. But I have nitpicked a few here and there. But then this upcoming week, we'll certainly be going uh, head on fully into all the props and kind of just seeing where the numbers adjust you. So uh, even though it's you know you get the weekend off, still exciting to kind of sort through all of them. Could be stressful, but, uh, you know, quality over quantity is the goal. What do you think of the matchup? I mean, is this going to be a situation where it's going to be a, a a great ball game, but but you'll be able to find some value? Yeah, it's you're not fully confident in a play pre-flop, and we preach this a lot when we talk, right? And I think it you could kind of almost correlate it to what we saw in the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs and the Bengals because, if you recall, my strategy was waiting for the in-game number because I wasn't completely sure of what to expect out of Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. You probably assumed that the first couple of sequences he was going to be fine because they did whatever they did to his ankle and the adrenaline's going, and that was the case. And then they finally got to him. But what that allowed you to get was a way better in-game opportunity on Cincinnati. So I was able to get, like, the Bengals plus seven in the hook, the Bengals plus three in the hook, because even though they were down by ten, you figured they'd make adjustments. They were consistently the best second-half team in the league, and that's what ended up happening, right? They covered both numbers. So this is reminiscent of that in the sense of what the spread is pre-flop and how volatile these markets and teams in general may be. So if you're not fully convinced already, you could just wait and try to attack from an in-game standpoint that way. You don't have to force yourself into a bet immediately, which is always a misconception in general, but especially with the Super Bowl, if you're around people who've got like 10 bets going at once, that's why we say quality over quantity. You don't need action nonstop, and you're probably going to find it either way just because of you know, you'll know you be involved in squares or betting with a friend or you know doing some kind of novelty prop, but... Yeah, I don't think there's any rush to make a bet uh, that's clear-cut. You can obviously make arguments for both sides here. And, look, I, I certainly lean a little bit more one way versus the other, but I haven't bet anything yet with it. Danny, uh, how about the national anthem? Is that something you're looking to bet right now? The line's already been going up. I've, I've been following that one. That's probably my favorite Super Bowl bet every single year. And it's a line that opened at about a minute and 59 seconds. It's now up over two minutes uh, at two minutes and five seconds with Chris Stapleton being announced as the uh, the singer. I mean, that seems like something you got to lock in now because that line may continue to rise. Chris Stapleton, uh, a country artist, you know. Soulful. You know he's going you know to hold those long notes, <laughs> going to hold a high note somewhere in there. Like, I don't know. I, I think that might be one of the bets I think it's good to get in now. 
That one's always funny because you always see the immediate line movement going toward the over, especially as we get closer and they do the sound check, then, like, the information gets leaked. But, I mean, those props are fun to do, but they always limit you on them to, like, 50 bucks at most. So you can't really go too crazy since you already got that inside information. But I think you make a good point, right? He's got the soul in him. He's going to, you know, stretch it out as long as possible. And if he's a man of the people, he knows that uh, the comic Joe is going to be betting the over. So I'm sure he'll try to stretch that out as long as possible. But, <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll trust your inside sources on that one, Elijah. I'm waiting to get the confirmation from you. Daddy, some, some props you're, you're looking at right now, either first to score a touchdown, individual rushing numbers. What's on your radar? Yeah, I've bet one prop so far, and it's with Isaiah Pacheco. And it, it kind of stood out to me because he really got involved in the passing game last week, where that has not been the case the entire season. But last week he had five catches for, I think, maybe 40-something receiving yards. But I think the same could be utilized out of him in terms of the passing effort because you're going up against arguably the best pass defense in Philadelphia. You have still probably a hobbled Patrick Mahomes, and the Eagles have a great pass rush. So, if the secondary is doing their job, limiting those guys, deep, the pressure is coming on Mahomes pretty quickly. He's not able to improvise and scramble as much, which does create separation for his receivers. Well, then he's going to have to throw to the safe, short, secure route, which is the dump off for the check down with Pacheco. And that's kind of what they utilized with him against the Bengals. So I think you'll be able to get maybe around like 15 to 20 receiving yards with him there, because even though he didn't get a lot this season, he still made the most of it, getting about 10 yards per catch. And then on the ground effort, he averaged about 50 rushing yards per game. And the weakest part of Philadelphia's run or defense is the run defense. They allow about 4.7 yards per rush attempt. And over the last three games, that number has risen to five. And that's the philosophy of how to beat Philadelphia. You've got to control time of possession. You've got to keep their offense off the field and then put the pressure on Hurts and company, much like the commanders did. I mean, they completely dominated the ground effort. And that's how they ended up winning. Now, Kansas City doesn't have the best running offense themselves, but you got to figure that's got to be part of their strategy throughout the majority of the beginning stages of this game. So I think they're going to try to set that up both on the ground attack with Pacheco, who gets the majority of snaps compared to McKinnon, and then in the passing game when they need those short routes. So I bet him over 63.5 rush and receiving combined. I know the numbers as high as 68.5. If you look around, I know some books have 64.5. So if you get the 64, I'd still play it. If it's as high as 68-and-a-half, I'd maybe just flirt with the rushing yards if you get it under 50 instead. That would probably be the best way to go about it. Danny, I remember your advice from last year on, on Super Bowl MVP. That was to pick the team you think is going to win and just take their quarterback, whether it be Joe Burrow or, or Matt Stafford. And I want to get your take on this season. Is that a good direction to go yet again this year? Or do you think maybe uh, it's going to be a non-quarterback winning the MVP award this year? Well, here's the thing. If you want to do the correlation with – Kansas City, it's realistically going to be Patrick Mahomes, regardless. I mean, the only other guy you'd really make an argument for would be Travis Kelsey, but when his stats get padded, naturally so do Patrick Mahomes, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a you know one-for-one type of situation, and you already have the narrative with Mahomes for regular season MVP and for the fact that he has his busted ankle. So if he's able to overcome that, he's going to get the nod more often than not. If you want to go outside of that and you like the Eagles, that would be your chance to go somewhere else because the Eagles, if they don't have to force Hurts to throw it consistently, they won't do that. Like They want to get the ground-and-pound effort going and establish the dominance on that ground attack like they did against the 49ers and the Giants. 
But then the issue becomes, all right, well, which running back is going to get a majority of the workload? Because you had, what, Boston Scott, you had, uh, who was it, Gainwell, and then obviously Sanders. Like, they all kind of go by committee. You would think Sanders would be the most obvious guy because he usually gets the most reps. But does that mean he's going to get red zone reps? Or does that mean he's just going to get the most handoffs? So it's kind of a tough correlation in that regard. And then again, with the Eagles, like, with the receivers, it could be any of them. And you would imagine A.J. Brown would have the best chance. But... If his stats get padded, her stats get padded. And maybe because you imagine he's going to finish second into Mahomes for the regular season voting, and some people thought he would win if he didn't get injured, maybe that will give him the nod to some of these voters. Uh, people are thinking Reddick's a hot choice because he had one good game. Look, I, I wouldn't jump into that realistically because not only the chances he replicates that are slim to none, but the odds have drastically changed because he's a hot topic of who to bet on. But also one thing to remember, these votes get sent in like, three, four minutes before the game ends. Aaron Donald, I had like 18-1, to 1, and he should have been the MVP. And like two of his biggest plays, and like two of the biggest plays in the game occurred in those last two minutes where he had big stacks, but the votes were already established, so they couldn't even give it to him. So you got to keep that in mind as well. And you may get shafted because those votes get put in before the game even ends. Danny Burke with his Burke's Best Bets. Danny, will catch up again next week and have more of the Super Bowl props and get your take on the ball game, the line, the over-under. Daddy, thanks for the time today. Hey, you got it, fellas. Stay warm. I'll talk to you next week.